Hoover. School me to the game, now I know my duty. Stay humble, stay low, blow like hooty. True pimp, spin no dough on the booty. And I'm yeah, we go mace, there go your cutie. I'll be honest, I actually tried to use my dad's Mac this weekend, and it froze, and I had no idea what to do. Excuse I like me? the first time I've used it in ever, I think, because it's his computer, what do I need to use it for? Turned it on, and I was like, okay, I'm going to fire up, put in my password for Gmail, and it just stuck there until my dad had to come in and just turned it off, turned it back on. I don't know if there's any control off delete. I don't know how you guys, I don't know what you do, but Hold I was on. like, what the heck? What is your dad, uh, how old is that Mac? I have no clue, but it's probably pretty old. Yeah, Dude. that's the problem. It's real old, I bet. Yeah, see, I mean, here's the thing. My Mac is five years old this summer, believe it or not. Yeah. Dude, works like a dream. But I also don't use it a lot. So in all fairness, there's probably that factor. Though. P.S., we're recording. Um, and not to worry. I'm running the point. I think I've got a good enough slate of topics for us today for the people. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean... That's the thing. Macs are great, but, I mean, everything's got a lifespan on it, too, right? That's true. And I think Windows has closed that gap because my computer's going to be five years, five years old this winter, and I use it literally all the time. And works like a dream still, eh? No issues. Battery's no, still good. I was just going to say, that's always the thing, is the battery life on a PC. I, I, don't know what it, I don't know what a Mac is doing, but, like, they boast that, like, the battery in my computer can last, like, up to, or, like, more than 12 hours. Yeah, I mean, which that's is, new. Which is yeah. wild to think that it can last 12 hours, which mm-hmm. I remember testing it one time on my old Mac when I was in college, and it definitely lasted like 10 hours at that nice. time. And that was 10 years ago, so it was like, it was a, it was a huge thing. Um, but I don't know that that's really the case anymore, or like that there's as big of a gap. I'm sure that there are PCs out there including especially like probably like the Windows Surface or Google's like Chromebooks and stuff like that that probably have a, a comparable battery life, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I haven't actually looked at battery life stats, but like I said, the gap has, has closed, that's for sure. Yeah, but I think so. that's just because like what – I mean, it's always until something happens, but it's like what more can we do with something like the personal computer? Yeah. You know? It that's true. I mean Like I, I wonder know. if it's just kind of plateaued a little bit. Same with smartphones. It's like what feature can you add to a phone now that would like drop people's jaws? That's true. I think uh Samsung's been coming out with some folding phones and they seem kinda of gimmicky at this point. You know, right. it's kinda of like, uh, it's just something new to do something new. I don't know how much utility you actually get out of it, but Well and that was that like, is the thing. That was like uh, Motorola just re released their Motorola Razor. Right, for Except the people who still want it, flip phones. It, but you open it up. It's a flip phone, but you open it up and it's a full screen. Oh, okay. That's so, actually kind of new, if it works. I, I don't think it's been a positive uh, reaction so far. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was like late rolling out and all that sort of stuff. So people are immediately like hesitant, like, how good is this thing if you can't even get it out on time? Yeah, fair but, enough. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens, I guess. But I just... I mean, even when I was down at your house, you know, we watched that keynote for the iPhone. And it was yep, like, that was that, pretty big. in that moment, it was probably so monumental to think about a phone that had the internet, had like, uh, you know, touch screen that you could text and everything else with. Um, it didn't have like the little keyboard like you was talking about, that sort of a thing. Yep. 
And it's just like, I think at that point, yeah, our jaws dropped and it was like rediscovering fire. But now it's just kind of like, I don't know. I don't know what you add to a lineup of technology that like shocks and awes people. Yeah. And it, and that actually is useful, right? So like the smartphones got so much power. I don't know if you've seen to Google Maps' new update. You can do, they call it, I think, augmented reality or AR Whoa. Uh, thing. So that means like if you're on the street and you're walking trying to find your destination, you hold your phone up, you move left and right, and it puts like where the location is on your phone in in real time, like Whoa. using the camera and stuff. And then it like tells you where to walk and stuff, which is pretty slick. But then maybe you get a contact lens that's in your eye that does that. I don't know. That sounds Whoa. like... That you know, sci-fi movie type stuff. I don't know if that's actually useful because then nobody's actually paying attention. Everybody's just looking at their screen and their phone in front of their face. You well, know what I mean? And have so, you heard like Elon Musk trying to do this whole Neuralink thing? Yeah, I did hear about that. And I think that, that you know, that's like the VR of the, that's like the Matrix. You Dude, know what I mean? <laughs> the only thing, I think when it's perfected, we're going to be not just like the Matrix, but you know, in the movie The Matrix, when Neo puts on or he like goes in that like library or whatever he wants to learn how to like fly a helicopter and they just like plug it into him and he and just, he just immediately knows how to fly a helicopter yeah and it's like or martial arts or whatever it is it's like i know kung fu yeah would, <laughs> would the world would that be a good thing or a bad thing because i feel like it would stop people from ever being educated or like pursuing education maybe yeah because i think i think it would be a good thing because it would be like yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, there would still be a market for people to have to develop new programs, new skills, new stuff. But right. it's, like, the entirety of the stuff that exists, like, boom, you've got it. Just, you have to pay for it or whatever. And it's, like, you know, then the real value is, like, creating the, the new information or the new skills or the new in knowledge as opposed to just uh, being able to assimilate what already exists. Oh, that'd be so nuts. Yeah, it would be crazy. I mean, good on Elon. He's always got some big idea. We'll see if this one pans out. You know, <laughs> that's the thing. I got to credit him for just being a go-getter, you know? Yeah, I know. And he's not afraid to be like, I'm going to do this thing that's crazy, even though everybody's like, come on, man, just make, just get the cars out at the same yeah. at the time you say you will. <laughs> <laughs> that's all people want at this point. I just want a car that's going to come out of the assembly line on time. Yeah, okay? that's, <laughs> it's it. Like, that's it. But he's still dreaming big, and he's still telling everybody about it. Oh, man. <laughs> crazy it's absolutely crazy oh man oh, anyways dude do i ever have some stuff to talk to you about okay some go stuff ahead that i think you'll appreciate so here's a story that i've been following for the last like eight days and by the time people hear this it'll be two weeks old but okay. it is through barstool sports and the hashtag is called hashtag zillion beers hashtag zillion beers there is a guy there, his name is Dana. He is a cameraman. He is just like a camera slash, a cameraman slash like a video editor. Has been working mm -hmm. at Barstool Sports. I don't know if people don't know what Barstool Sports is. You know, it's one of the things that inspired me to talk about our like disruptor series, which we can get to in a little bit. But they, they're a media company that focuses a lot on sports, sports betting, pop culture, a little bit of everything. But, uh, cool. They've got a real strong incentive program with people. If you can come up with an idea or some sort of, not gimmick, but um, like merchandising sort of idea, you go for it. And if you can sell 
uh, I think their goal is always if you can sell like 50 grand within a period of time, they'll give you a $5,000 bonus. And it's a big deal if you get that bonus. Hmm, So Dana, the cameraman, has always been saying the zillion beers, which he got from a softball team. And, uh, and so he's been always talking about how he drinks a zillion beers and like he goes on Twitter and he'll record a video where he like slams seven beers in like a minute and a half sort of thing and just being silly and everything. And so Dave Portnoy, who's the president and founder of Barstool Sports calls him out on radio and says like, what's with the zillion beers thing? He's like, quit trying to be a content guy. Just be the camera guy I hired you to be. It's like giving him grief (laughs) about it. And and Dana's like, Dave, I don't know what to tell you. It's a silly saying, but people love it. And he's like, okay. He's like, and this is Friday, February 7th. He goes, okay, at some point in the afternoon, by the way, on live radio on Sirius XM. And he's like, all right, I'll tell you what. If you can sell 30 grand worth of merchandise by tonight at midnight, I'll take you seriously. Hmm. Within an hour, he had sold 30 grand worth of merchandise <laughs> so then so then it ramps up and he goes okay well if you get the 50 i'll give you 5k by that night he had the 50 wow which is like unheard it usually takes people like the whole week to sell 50k worth yeah so then dave puts out a challenge to him and says all right how about this if you hit two hundred and fifty thousand in sales and now this is keep in mind this is just sales this isn't you know net income or anything like that by Sunday at midnight, I will give you twenty five grand cash. Wow. Well, Dana hits that by like Saturday night <laughs> by doing these silly videos on Twitter and just getting people behind them with a zillion beers. So it's just t-shirts. What, what is literally it? T-shirts and t-shirts, hoodies, hats that just say zillion beers on them. And like, like use, in different use ways. zillion beers in a sentence. Like I'm gonna like, chug a zillion beers tonight. Zillion is in like it. a number. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, that's, I'm gonna chug a zillion it. beers. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like how that's it, it. That's all he says. All like he just gets silly with it, right? So and he sold 250 grand in merchandise. So hold in two on, days. get this. Sells it and then tweets at Dave, his boss, and goes, "Let's make it a million by next Sunday and a hundred grand, or nothing, <laughs> or nothing." <laughs> and, and Dave just retweets and responds with, "Accepted." <laughs> and so everyone at Barstool is ripping on Dana at this point because they're like, "You're an idiot! You had twenty-five grand cash in your hand, and you right, decided right. to throw it to the side for this pipe dream of a million dollars." So nobody believes that he can do it. So all week he is hustling so hard, and people are getting behind him at Barstool, like within just the Twitter community, Stoolies, which are you know Barstool fans. That's what they nicknamed them, the Stoolies. And this guy sells a million dollars worth of merch by Friday on Valentine's Day. Wow. By the night of Friday. Didn't even take him till Sunday, but sold a million dollars. Now, keep in mind, he also made deals like once he hits, I can't remember what it was, like 400 grand. He went and got a mullet shaved into his head and he made a deal. That's smart, though. He marketed it. Yeah. Marketed hard. But he also marketed on, I think it was the Wednesday. If. People bought $100,000 worth of merch from him. He would get a tattoo of zillion beers. So he got a tattoo on his butt that looks like a Bud Light can, but
but it says zillion beers and it has like this little mullet <laughs> coming off the top of the can. It's oh, the funny. worst looking tattoo on <laughs> earth. But like Bud Light got behind him. They're like, hey, you know what? If you reach your million, we'll uh we'll make a six pack with your tattoo as the logo on the can and send it to you. Like people got behind this and That's so funny. It was wild. But so he sells the million. Then they're like, these guys got in his ears about how he should do like a Valentine's night thing for zillion beers. So he calls up this chick who's part of the Bills Mafia, the Buffalo Bills, and they're crazy people who jump through tables and their their fans are nuts. Anyways, he gets this girl who he describes her. He's like, dude, I know the perfect chick. She like jumps up, she jumps into tables and like into bushes and stuff. <laughs> and so <laughs> she comes in and they mark it together and Dave makes a deal that if they or Dana makes a deal with Dave saying if we can sell 1.5 million by Sunday night, um, you got to fly us to Vegas. And sure enough, the man does it. Oh wow! 1.5 million dollars in merch in like less than 10 days. That's crazy. And all I can say is it is a fascinating take on just marketing as a whole. This yeah, guy used nothing but beers. Twitter and basically barstool shows and like staff members. Some Instagram, yeah, maybe. No, not even Instagram. He's got terrible Instagram following. And this guy also started with less than a hundred thousand uh, Twitter, Twitter followers. followers. And wow. now now he's shot up to like a hundred and twenty five thousand or whatever. But I've been following this every day. One, because I am a huge barstool sports fan. But two, it has just been just jaw dropping to see this because near the end one of the like guys who was there from the beginning uh his name's uh dan katz everyone calls him big cat uh he was like talking about how he's like i think it's hilarious that media companies probably look at us and have no clue how we do this and it's true right like they sold a million dollars 1.5 million dollars worth of merch in nine days as this like just a joke just like a bet oh yeah with stuff that just says zillion beers on it which is kind of hilarious or um some of their stuff was awesome like he did uh basically ripped off like bud light and did you know how in the bud light ones the they always have those guys like from the medieval times like dilly dilly oh yeah it's a zilly zilly (laughs) <laughs> in blue and white and it's just like just different little oh, things like that it's hilarious to me but anyways i thought you'd get a kick out of the fact that the zillion yeah, beers is... campaign was such a powerful marketing tool for them and i i don't even i guess just like wild how much money they probably made too because it's like high margin high margin merchandise you know just like hats and t-shirts they crank out just by the you know hundreds and thousands at a time oh, and so yeah yeah wow (laughs) new new school of rules to marketing hey new school rules to to getting stuff seen this guy went from like i said man literally just video editor and cameraman to now new celebrity within like barstool (laughs) and everything and it's like he just has this new follow like they have to take him everywhere now is the thing because he's the zillion beers guy yeah, exactly. Everybody wants to hear from the zillion beers guy. Dude, he said people stop him to get like autographs while he's do- walking down the street or photos or whatever, right? He's like, that's so it's funny. It's outrageous how many people just love zillion beers. 
We got to come up with our own, you know, viral marketing campaign, huh? Jeez. Oh, it was nuts. So get this too. He gets the hundred grand and then gives it all to charity. Oh, that's nice. To uh, the the Frady's family, who, uh, for those that don't know, everyone will know this reference. Pete Frady's, who suffered from ALS, it was his family and foundation that actually created the Ice Bucket Challenge uh, oh, two okay. years ago with um, the whole you know support for ALS and all that. Uh, so that's where that originated, I believe. And so they're close. The Frady's family and Barstool are really close. And so he gave all that money to the Frady's Foundation. Well, that's cool. So kind of a kind of a neat. Good news story. Oh, yeah. Even so anyways, makes you feel better about it. Yep. Dude, I just thought if all, of all people who will get a kick out of this, Tarek, I know, will just be like, what? <laughs> that's crazy. Just crazy. $1.5 in merch in 10 days. Dude, I'm convinced that they will probably try and teach this in some sort of marketing class. Like they have Oh, to. yeah. How do you it's not? one of those things that's tough though because you can't duplicate it. It's got to feel genuine, right? Like people, people did it because it was like, not because it was some. It didn't feel like some manufactured stunt. Yeah, it was like this seems like it's legit. You oh, know? and for those that don't know, Barstool Sports is the ultimate like kind of bro slash frat type of. I shouldn't say bro because it's they. It's not like they're just very masculine. There's a lot a strong female presence as well uh, within the within the company, but. Um, very popular amongst people ages like 18 to 25. So all right. I can think of is if you were a marketing professor at like a major university, your best move could have been to try and follow this and use it as material in your class over this last week. It would be interesting to break it down. That's how you become like a next level teacher amongst your students <laughs> is if you use zillion beers as like material for your lectures. <laughs> <laughs> i feel like people pay attention uh, just that much more all of a sudden oh yeah there you go <laughs> oh, anyways i digress that's with cool beers. okay here's my next thing that i want to talk to you about all right I saw a new i want to call it multi-level marketing but i don't know enough about it to quite give it that stamp okay so there's a guy i know from a few years ago who all of a sudden started posting and i thought you'd get a kick out of this because i actually want your opinion on this because it has to do with finance Okay. So he starts posting all these things that show basically what looks like stock market tickers of different currencies. Okay. And so he starts pitching this whole thing about what if you had $200, how much money does that make uh, for you inside of a um, high interest savings account? He's right. Like, and then his whole spiel, and you can tell it's manufactured, is what if I told you that you could take that same $200 trade it on foreign exchange markets, like foreign exchange, like currency markets. Yeah. And on a 3% return, make uh, 400 grand compound interest on in 262 like business days or whatever. Like basically in a year, we can turn $200 to $400,000. Wow. On, on 3% returns, I might add. So it's so, like compounded daily? Is that yeah, what it is? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So me and a buddy at work today, because I'm I'm highly skeptical of this. We we yeah, actually like, like ran the Excel just to check what, you know, two hundred dollars time like compounded daily over two hundred and sixty two days or whatever it was equals out it equals out close to about four hundred thousand dollars. Okay. So I was thinking, okay, that checks out. 
But my question to you is, and I don't know how much you know about foreign currency exchange. Yeah. But is it possible, one, to do this, and two, like, is 3% a reasonable exchange? And if the answer is yes, like, I feel like, why wouldn't everyone have already figured this out? Yeah, I mean, it's it's just a get-rich-quick gimmick. You know what I mean? It's not like you make money on a foreign exchange. Like, I don't even know how he makes his money. Do you know what I mean? Like, what is he doing? Do you know well, how he does it? Well, I think it, the idea is that you're buying, say, like the British pound or the U.S. dollar today, and then I would assume somehow investing it goes up. or, yeah, and then reselling it basically. But I just don't buy this idea that you could do that daily for a 3% increase. I mean, if you have a crystal ball, you could. Right, you know, you buy the British pound, it goes up relative to Canadian dollar, and you right. sell it for a profit, and you do that with whatever currency is necessary for the next 250 business days, and then you, if you could do that, then yeah, you're winning. But it's like, how do you? It's so hard, if not impossible. It's impossible to predict where currencies are going to go in relation to each other. Right. On that sort of on that daily for the, for an entire year. And you if know, you got so your many money... things are just like, you know, like some guy just got some guy just got shot in the Middle East. This currency's going up. This one's going down. Oh, this right. guy, part of this company, just got caught in this scandal with an employee. So this currency's going up, and this currency's going down. And yeah, it's just wild. Or I mean, if you have things like what what happened with like Brexit, where the pound like dipped a bit or whatever. You know, when that was first announced, I remember that was a bad day for stocks, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, because it was unexpected. That was yeah. the big thing, too. Yeah, and that, that's the thing, right? When it's an unexpected dip, it's like you can't – there's nothing to to help fix that for you. Like, you can't hedge that bet. Well, and that's the thing because it's the unexpected things that make the most movement in the market because it prices in the things that are expected. Yeah. And that's what you can't – you can't – that's why it's unexpected. It doesn't – I don't know. So I would be interested to know how he does it. Because it's like, if he's just saying, well, if you buy this currency and sell it against this currency, it'll work. It, it doesn't work like that. So yeah, you need to know yeah, more about the specifics of the strategy. But maybe that's how you, you have to buy into the program first. And then they tell you a little bit more about the specifics. But just buying and selling currencies is just speculating. You know, you might win, but you probably won't win 20, 250 days in a row. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. That was kind of a thought. Anyways, I just even wondered, like, is 3% like a reasonable return? On foreign I mean, if, exchange, like foreign currency exchange. I mean, if currencies move enough, then yeah, you probably could. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Like, you know, you wouldn't see, yeah, I don't know, 3% a day on some major currencies might be a little bit much unless something really unexpected happened, like right. Brexit. Um, you know, like the US dollar, the pound, they're not going to be moving 3% That's a day. I don't think. I could be wrong. But, you know, compared to some smaller currencies, they might move quite a bit. Like, is there a smaller currency you think that could climb 3% per day? Or is it more unlikely that the smallers would, like, the smaller ones, I feel like, would climb at a slower rate? Well, they don't climb necessarily. It's just in relation to... Everything else drops are, almost? You could say that, too. It's just, like, in relation to so these two currencies, Canadian and, let's say, the Brazilian real. Yeah. The Brazilian real could go up in value, or the Canadian currency could stay the same. Or the Canadian currency could also go down, but that also doesn't maybe make a difference to the U.S. currency because that one maybe also went up, or maybe it right. also went down. Do you know what I mean? So it's like so many moving parts because 
the only way you understand the value of the Brazilian real is in relation to the value that you want. So it's in either Canadian dollars or okay. U.S. dollars. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know, you know, like what's yeah. one U.S. dollar worth? 1.3 Canadian dollars right. or whatever. And so, yeah. Right, right. Okay. No, fair enough. Maybe I need to inquire with this guy a little bit as to what the heck's going on and how he's making this work. Cause it, it fascinates me a little bit, but I'm like highly skeptical of it. Cause it's like, dude, I mean, the only yeah, reason it's, like, sk- it's too good to be true. It probably is. You know what I mean? Well, and also <laughs> only because it's like, I feel like if it was a thing, I would know about it through you, you right. know, because something tells me, I mean, this guy works at a mill. You know, no offense to his mill job. Sure, it works great for him and his family. But more the fact that, like, you deal with this stuff on a daily basis as, you know. Yeah, not currency specifically, but. Right. But more just the fact that I feel like that sort of stuff probably tips off in your readings or, like, in the articles you read and the people you kind of chop it up with on a regular basis and stuff. Someone would probably bring this up as going, hey, have you guys ever thought about doing foreign currency exchange? Because, I mean, we're making a killing on it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So all of a sudden, like, if it's not on your radar, it makes me super skeptical that that's actually, like, working out. Yeah, you might be right. You know, maybe, maybe, yeah, you'll be hearing stuff. I don't know. A lot of people do try to trade currencies and make money. But like I said, it's, yeah. I don't know, it's tough. Any sort of short-term, like, trading strategy like that can be pretty tough to, to make a ton of money with. Not that there's not ways to do it, but. I'm also yep. curious as to how much the leader of this is like wetting his beak off of everyone's investments. Maybe he's getting super rich off of this. Yeah, stuff. how does he make money, hey? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Right? How does he make money? He ain't he ain't giving out these tips for free. He's he's wanting something in return, right? Exactly. So anyways, I was thinking about that a little bit. Got me thinking about these home businesses again because I've been noticing yeah. more and more people trying to like people are getting more and more involved in this stuff. And uh, it started to make me think just a little bit because I'm like, gosh, like this is definitely not a space I ever want to get into personally. Yeah. But I just kind of wonder, maybe it's more prevalent and more prominent in my life because of social media. Because like growing up, obviously, like my mom was a Tupperware lady Mm -hmm. back, back in like the 80s and 90s. But it's like she didn't have social media to put it on blast. She'd call everyone personally and just say, hey, yeah. having a Tupperware party, would you be interested in coming, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Old school, hey? Yeah. Whereas like now it's just on blast on Instagram, Facebook, and everything else. We're just like, okay, that's great. Thanks for telling me how you're going to be selling candles or friggin' essential candles oils or, or whatever else, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Candles yeah. by Jan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, anyways, I don't know. I find it a little fascinating. I'd be really curious to see what the profit margins are on that. Maybe we need to, like, talk to a certain, you know, uh, mutual Multi-level. friend of ours. That's true. I, yeah, I, I mean, wanna, it depends on the product, I think. I don't want to you know. put her on blast, but I would be curious to know if, I mean, I wonder if she'd be willing to divulge those those insights but i i would be curious to know kind of whether or not it's worth it yeah some people make money man some people do really well at it i think you oh, gotta absolutely. grind but oh anyways okay so here's the thing i don't know how much time we want to spend do you want to just like focus on one of these things okay 
Well, let's talk about one thing and then we'll see where we end up. Yeah, for sure. So for those that don't know, we were thinking about different ways that we can, I don't want to say spice it up, but, you know, focus on a, on an aspect of business and within, you know, culture, especially Canadian culture, excuse me, um, that uh, I, I wanted to call it the Disruptor Series. I, I find it fascinating when a company um, or an idea is disrupting the way that we think about uh, everyday life. You know, and, mm-hmm. and some of these that we want to touch on are, you know, we've got some big ones that people are somewhat aware of, but I think I'd like to share my thoughts on them, such as like Uber and Airbnb, those ones that, you know, they might not be super prevalent in your particular community, but when you think about what they've done to, for instance, the taxi and the hotel industries, um, especially in larger city markets, it's it's fascinating to think that you can just, you no longer have to go through the traditional channels of either getting around or places to stay, those sorts of things. And we're starting to see them a little bit more in Canada uh, through other ways, such as uh, a new new phone company that just popped up. Do you want to, do you want to touch on this one first? Do you want to deal with one of the other ones? Uh, The new phone company. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Okay. Sockman, it's called public mobile for those that don't know. And when I went on their website to kind of surf around, it felt very much like kudos website. Like almost identical, which is this feel of like almost a, a smaller telecommunication company who is offering dirt cheap rates um, for access to having your cell phone. Right. And I mean, Kudo, Kudo doesn't count. They're just TELUS, you know. Right. But they didn't start as TELUS, right? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. And it kind of feels like this public mobile is really trying to be independent. And I think the fascinating part is, you know, as most Canadians, we have really one of three providers, each with their own subsidy of either TELUS, Bell, or Rogers. One of them is getting your money. It's almost a guarantee. Unless you're using something like Wind Mobile, which is like only good in major city centers. Oh, it's Shaw. Okay. So, but uh, no, freedom is freedom mobile is isn't that wind now? I don't know. I just remember there being one that was like solely focused on like metro markets. So it's like yeah. their their service was really only valuable if you lived in a city. Yeah, yeah, and, and then, that's freedom mobile. It was wind mobile. Yeah, right. Sorry. So, but this public mobile really seems like it's giving this idea that we are going to have the um, expanded territory of all of Canada, so that you can basically get service everywhere is kind of the vibe i'm getting from it correct me if you're seeing differently but we're gonna yeah, give I'm just looking at the website here, an yeah. extremely low rate so it works out incredibly well if you have your own phone yeah or you buy your own phone yeah exactly so if you're one of those people like myself who bought their phone outright uh and owns it 100 you don't owe a dime to the phone company because you basically took a you mortgaged it over two years on a contract um it it works out really well. They have they have plans as low as like what is it twenty five dollars I think. Fifteen dollars a month $15. gets you one five hundred minutes unlimited texting and two hundred and fifty megs of data at three G speeds. <laughs> wow, three G. So wow. not something you and I would use, but maybe someone's you know grandmother who hasn't fully adapted to. Uh, the cell phone market or you know I think of my own grandmother who she's not a she's not a big person on that sort of stuff 
Yep. So the three G yeah, speed she, is you a... know, it's. I mean, I don't know. I kind of feel like a first world problem, but it's like, oh boy, do I not want to have three G speeds again? I don't know if it would make a huge difference, but <laughs> the problem is once you've been on that LTE, it's hard to go it's back hard to three G. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, one of the things that's funny though is that it's still again just the illusion of choice because it is owned by Telus. <laughs> oh, really? But it is like, yeah, so from what I can tell from my research, um, it's it's owned by Telus at least according to Wikipedia. I don't know why I called that research. <laughs> 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 that's generous but it is like super cheap it's a it's good to see like you know 25 or sorry you know let's go to the the one that actually has enough data to, to be useful for someone our age ish 40 dollars a month four and a half gigs with another bonus 500 as long as you have automatic payments which is not unreasonable so you get five gigs unlimited talk unlimited texting for 40 bucks you know that's a great deal you yeah. know what i mean like you can't beat that if you want to go down to one and a half gigs is 35 you know, unlimited talk, unlimited text again. And then, you know, while it is like, well, it's TELUS, that does mean you're going to have coverage. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like, absolutely. This is only useful if you actually aren't roaming all the time within your own country. You know what? So, and that's a, that's a huge part of it, too. People do have to remember it, it does make sense if it's owned by someone else. Uh, but, you know, some of the fascinating things here I'm even reading, they have a loyalty reward program. So that draws yep. people in immediately, especially young people. How do I save, right? Yeah, I like one that. Of, one of the great things here is after one year, they start cutting down. So it's a uh, dollar per 30 days. So in, yeah, I saw in that. a billing period, you save $1 per, per billing period, which it doesn't sound like a lot. But after you get up to five years, you're saving you know $5 per month. So you think about it, if you're on a... $30 plan. Now it's only $25. If you stay with them now, five years is a big commitment. I'm not trying to act like that's, you know, a small, small amount, but it is bringing in a fresh idea to the loyalty. Now, a lot of the time people feel like they've won the loyalty battle with Telus or Bell or Rogers when they call up their provider after two years and say, Hey, I want more for the same amount. They feel like the mm -hmm. victory is, has been made there. These guys are shifting it a little bit and instead saying, Keep the same amount, but we'll lower your bill. So a, a different take on loyalty. A lot right. of people feel like it's some sort of victory when, hey, man, I'm only paying 50 bucks, but I get you know, this extra bit uh, because of it. Whereas these guys are going, you know what? Keep the exact same thing you got going, but instead of you know, $50, we're going to cut that. We're going to trim your bill down a little bit. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um. Well, so yeah, I'd like public, to think that they're. Mobile. It's good to see more options coming. We need to get cheaper plans. You know, I think Freedom Mobile being there is good. Like, I think we didn't talk about it on this on this on the podcast, uh, but you and I were talking when you were down here for the uh, company retreat about Freedom Mobile, and I considered switching, um, just yeah. because I, I think it would be there's not quite as convenient they've got great coverage throughout the cities like you said probably along the major corridors but if you get outside the beaten path you're on a you're roaming or whatever and they have it all set up for that way so you know it can work really well right and for frankly for the vast majority of the canadian population it probably makes the most sense because you're always in a city um but you know one thing that 
I think should come to Canada. I don't know if you've heard of these mobile virtual network operators. They call them MVNOs hmm. um, before. Have you heard of these? No, I've never heard types of, of businesses. So they have them in the States. And one of the biggest ones is actually Google. It's called Google Fi. And the way it works is it's just basically like this carrier begins to operate and they don't own the network. They just make they just buy wholesale use of networks from existing players yeah. um, uh, at, at a set rate. Right. So Google doesn't own its own towers or an own infrastructure. They just buy the stuff and then they sell they sell plans to use the other networks through through oh, these uh, wholesale negotiated prices. Right. And so the nice thing is then you kind of get the best of both worlds in terms of um, coverage because it's like they they're in the States or with T-Mobile, Sprint and AT&T. And so that's like yeah. the vast majority of the American market. And then it switches seamlessly to whichever tower is the most effective. And so um, they talk about doing that in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, obviously, Telus Rogers and Bell, the incumbents, don't want. The, so the the Canadian government would set the rate; they could wholesale it to, because otherwise they would right. just come together and sell it too expensive to make it worth it, right? Yeah. Um. And so that's really the the thing. And Canada's just so small; I don't think there's anybody who wants to deal with that fight for us. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> but, absolutely. I mean, I think that makes sense. We have great infrastructure in place if someone else could just play off of it, right? Well, and I think, you know, there were little battles won for the individual, you know, shrinking plans from three years to two. That was a victory, you know, and it made people really shift their mind on on how how they considered, you know, phone plans and stuff like that. And now a huge one that's now changing is the unlimited data which is now becoming yeah. a thing for, for everyone. And I've just even noticed it myself, like phone plans have shrunk drastically in cost. I used yeah. to pay $100 a month and that would get me unlimited talking text like everyone else, but it would only get me, I think, maybe two gigs of data. Oh, yeah. That's gone That's gone way down. You're right. Now, now it's like $70 and you're getting the whole unlimited thing, which is like in quotations because it's... The first, 10 gigs. the first 10 gigs are fast and then everything else just drags ass for the rest yeah. of the month. Uh, but again, like that's a $30 change. Like that's a $30 drop in price uh, and you're getting so much more with it, right? And for people I'm who, with you. I think the funniest to me is people who think that they need this unlimited data. Like tell me how often you're not in a place with Wi-Fi. And that's kind of the thing that kind of annoys me is that I recognize that we have, I think, eight gigs that we share. Yeah. And we once a year maybe come up against that limit. Yeah. And it's like, we don't even know why. It's like someone forgot to turn their Wi-Fi on. It's the only reason. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, I so I call in and I say, take my data away, charge me less, and they don't want to do it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They're like, yeah, we'll give you all the data you want. You just got to pay $5 more because you're not going to use it. (laughs) I think the data game is secretly what the phone company wants you to believe is so important. Absolutely. That they think they're giving you more value even though they're not because you're not going to use that data. <laughs> that's exactly I have four yeah. gigs right now. I can count on one hand the amount of times that I've even come close Absolutely. to going over. And the beauty yeah. of it too is like with Kudo, they actually shut your, your data off for you. So you oh, right. can't go over. Yeah, fair enough. So that it's like, all right, man, you're tapped out. And you can always call them and say, hey, listen – uh, Give me a couple more. I've got, yeah. I've got like another five days of the month. Give me a little top up of say 500 megabytes. Yeah. And it's yep. like, okay, done. And they just top you up for whatever it is, five bucks or seven bucks for the month. And it's like, so you eat that on your month's bill, but who cares, right? Yeah. 
but yeah, when people like, I remember when data was this huge commodity, dude, I got, you know, five gigs, I got, you know, 12, I've got yeah. whatever it is. And it's like, people used to go nuts. They're like, no way. Like, how'd you get that deal? And yet it's like, it's like, you're now never coming matter. close to it. There's, there's yeah, Wi-Fi everywhere. Exactly. I mean, I come home, there's Wi-Fi, I go to work, there's Wi-Fi, I go out, I do whatever I want. We When we go to new cities, we use Google Maps. We don't even think about it, and it's never an issue. Yeah. I do have a buddy. He works days on, days off. He's oil and gas. Mm. And to be fair, he's mobile. Like His, his yeah. truck is his mobile office. He had a, like, a little printer. He's got like a little... <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, and so it's like, that makes sense, because he's in the bush somewhere. Yep. He got a Wi-Fi connection, or if he's got a sort of internet connection through his phone. You know, he'll probably get close to that or whatever, totally, but totally, yeah. And and don't get me wrong, there are circumstances where you need it, but it typically means that you're working in remote remote locations or yep. you're constantly on the highway. Uh, but even then, it's like you probably shouldn't be using data while you're driving. Um, I guess the only way I can understand that is if you're constantly... streaming music, streaming podcasts. Yeah, I guess. I guess that instead works. of downloading them, yeah, yeah. Um. Or, you know, we get to the point, if they stop throttling it at higher and higher levels, then it's just like, okay, I'm just going to hotspot my phone everywhere and cancel my home internet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, and I know people who yeah. do that. You yeah. know, my... I mean, 10 gigs is a bit low for home internet, but, you know, cause I'm, you're, not, you're not watching 4K on your TV with your throttled. <laughs> no, just so pixelated, just so yeah. buffering, buffering. Yeah. <laughs> just constantly, right? But, I mean, like, like getting back to this, I think seeing things like public mobile are a positive thing uh, for our society, uh, especially in Canadian culture where sometimes it feels like our options are limited. And, you know, I look at that $15 plan and I think of people like, for instance, your brother and sister-in-law who have kids. Yeah. Oh yeah. For the kids. Say, say your niece and nephew, like, I don't know what age kids get phones anymore. They all have phones. They just don't have them hooked up. Right. But it's like mom and dad want to get them a phone so that if there's an emergency or whatever it might be. You can keep um, track of them. Exactly. <laughs> and and then it's like for 15 bucks a month, we, we don't need to get you a huge data package but because all you have to be able to do is dial the phone to talk to me. Yeah. And let's be real, at the house, at your friend's house, at maybe at school, school there's there's Wi-Fi everywhere. Yeah. So then it's like, boom, you're you're set. You don't need it between the bus ride from the school to home. Yeah. And so that's a good yeah. point. That's a good point. And then it's like, you know, data shuts off when you similar to Kudo when you're done when you're yeah. out because it's like that's so many kids get in trouble because they just keep using the data or yeah, whatever. They're not thinking about it. Yeah. And it's like the fact that you can let a teenager rack up a bill that high just seems outrageous. Oh. Um. So yeah, that is a good that is a good use case for sure. Yeah, I agree. I, I just think about it because when I was a teenager, so here's the thing. I got my first cell phone when I was sixteen years old. Yeah. It was a little block, Nokia, didn't flip. Nice. It was like just button. I could play Snake on it, which was awesome. That, that was the pinnacle of technology Dude, at the time though. The you got a Nokia? Lucky. Dude, and I got it <laughs> secondhand from my brother, who upgraded to a flip Motorola. Nice. So it was a big deal for me to have a cell phone, but my mom said, okay, well, we'll buy you a plan. And it was like 150 minutes. And this is before texting was even really a thing. Yep. Okay. So I remember having this thing, feeling cool as could be, sat in my pocket every day thinking I was awesome because I had a cell phone. And yet it was like, it did nothing. Nobody called you. Nobody called me. Never needed (laughs) those minutes. 
Yeah, yeah. Because guess you. what? Had landlines, so I'd call my friends on the landline. Why would I call them on my cell phone? There was because no you only point. have 150 minutes. Yeah. Plus, it was true. a stupid little blocky Nokia. It wasn't cool. <laughs> you know. That's funny. Oh uh, yeah, I remember when I, you know. I don't want to say got in trouble because I just had to pay for it, but it was like oh, I sent 12 text messages last month. <laughs> so I had to pay 25 cents a message or something <laughs> outrageous like that. Oh, dang it. Three bucks. Like, 12 Come messages? On. Whoa. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. And it was like a big number, you know? And it's like, I remember people would get annoyed like if you would text uh, something in multiple messages, you know, like, oh, you're using up all my texts. Or someone just send it all in Kate. one. <laughs> and it's like such a weird problem to have <laughs> i remember when that was a big thing don't just write back k yeah because i just pissed people off don't use up all my messages on yeah. dumb stuff <laughs> yeah, exactly i'm not even gonna open that one because as soon as i open it that's when it counts oh man yeah dude uh, I... <laughs> here's a great story for you so um i can't remember i'm 16 or 17 i'm really sweet on this girl uh but what am i from the 50s uh, yeah, i was i was gonna so, ask her to go steady she, but i wasn't sure if the uh the snake the snake i don't know the, <laughs> some the gang snakes, across town was gonna be like, the okay with and the jets they were they were at each other at the time but uh anyways so there was this girl she was like one of my best friends at the time i kind of had a crush on her i wasn't willing to, to admit it not even to myself anyways she was living in quebec for the summer doing this french program and she would text me and be like, give me a call. So I would call her stupidly from BC, call her up. No long distance plan, by the way. Oh boy, on your cell phone? <laughs> on my cell phone. And I will never forget. That was, I just racked up. Your parents the bill just of all, Oh, my mom. My mom <laughs> was like, Matthew, what the hell did you do? She's like, who were you calling? And so I had to explain to her who I was calling. And she just like shook her head. I was like, I'm so sorry, mom. And you got to remember, I didn't have a job at the time. I wasn't working. <laughs> My parents were just paying this out of the kindness of their heart. She was not oh, impressed, man. needless to say. And I just like vowed I would never do that again to her. That's hilarious. But, uh, you know, that's that's the thing. You do For stupid stuff, problem. you know. First cell phone. This is, these are flip phones, folks. I had poker on that phone. That was like next level tech, I felt like, <laughs> playing poker on my phone. Oh man. Anyways, I digress. So anyways, uh we want to hear from you guys. If you know of any disrupting um companies, maybe we already have them on their list and we're gonna be kind of sharing them in, in coming months, uh and we'll be just adding to this. I think it's a nice little segment T for you know ten to fifteen minutes where we can reminisce a little bit on the industry, what we saw from it when we were kids to where it is now. Um and yeah, stay stay tuned i guess i don't know that sounds absolutely very 50s as well but um, subscribe subscribe give us five rate or five star ratings um and uh tell your friends tell your friends that's all i can say all right guys catch you later peace stay humble stay low blow like hootie true pimp finna dough on the booty when you yell there go mace there go your cutie